It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 9th, 2020. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about the Magic's defense, something that we don't often talk about with so much focus on the Magic's offensive struggles. So we'll talk a little bit about the defense and how the Magic can get their defense back under wraps. And then we'll talk a little bit about Nikola Vucevic and the upcoming season for him and why there's a lot of, uh, at least some optimism, maybe there's not with a lot of people, but there is some optimism about the kind of season that he can have this year. We'll talk about all that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network for a daily podcast just like this one from a local expert who knows their team best. We are coming up on the first preseason game. The Orlando Magic will take on the Atlanta Hawks in Atlanta. I might be relying on them uh, for, for some recaps because the game won't be on TV here. But you can check out that. that uh, th- You can learn more about the Atlanta Hawks from Locked On Hawks. Just like there's a podcast here for the Orlando Magic, there's a podcast for every team in the NBA, plus the NFL, NHL, MLB, and college too. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order. When we talk about the Orlando Magic and the things that they need to improve on, uh, we mostly talk about the offense. Um, and for good reason, the Magic finished 23rd in offensive rating last year. They were not a very good offensive team. They don't have a lot of shooters. They don't have a lot of scores. They don't have a lot of guys that pop off the page offensively. This team is built to be a defensive-minded team. Their defense comes first, and that is the foundation for any type of success that this group can have. And so, yes, a lot of our attention... Uh, in the offseason was on where can the Magic find shooters. Thought of our attention was where are the Magic going to find playmakers and scores? How are the Magic going to get a star player? And when we usually say star player, we usually mean a guy who's going to average 20 points per game at least. That's just 
kind of the deal, for lack of a better way to phrase it. Um, that's just kind of how we approach this team. But the Magic's defense deserves attention as we get into the into the preseason and, and through training camp. The Magic's defense is actually really important and something that was a bit neglected last year. The Magic finished the year tied for 10th in defensive rating. So still technically in the top 10, although they'll be listed 11th in most places because um, it was just not good. It was just not good enough. A 109.2 defensive rating, tied for 10th in the league with the Chicago Bulls, um, was not going to get the job done. And and even so, as the Magic were soaring offensively uh, after the All-Star break, their defense took a major nosedive. This isn't just about Jonathan Isaac. We'll get to that in a sec. But the Magic's defense slipped considerably. considerably. They were 8th in 2019. They had the top defense in the league uh, during that 22-9 and stretch. The defense is what carried them into the playoffs. And again, it is what everything that this Magic team is doing is built upon. All the players that the Magic have drafted until they drafted Cole Anthony, to be frank, have all been defensive-minded players. The Magic should have a top 10 defense. That is just, that is not simply um, uh, not simply a, a goal. That is an expectation that this team will be top 10 in defense. But the Magic slipped, and they slipped considerably. Through the first 45 games of the season last year, the Magic were 7th in the league, giving up 106 points per 100 possessions. At 8.6 deals per game during that stretch, too, 3rd in the league, Magic... One of the tweaks that Steve Clifford made was they were a lot more aggressive. They got in the passing lanes. They got deflections. They were a lot more sort of an aggressive and aggressive uh, going after steals and trying to create transition opportunities to kind of feed the pace that they're talking about. In the first 20 games after Jonathan Isaac's injury, so 45 games gets us to Jonathan Isaac's injury. Um, the first 20 games after Isaac's injury, the Magic posted a 109.4 defensive rating. So their defensive rating went up by about three points per 100 possessions. That's that's a lot. Still getting a lot of steals. But again, a step back was somewhat expected, but not. But certainly the Magic were still in the game. You know, they were eighth in the league during that stretch at a 109.4 defensive rating. So the Magic's defense was still producing. But the slip came in the month before the hiatus, so essentially after the All-Star break. In the month, in the month before the season went on hiatus, the Magic's defense slipped to 115.6 points allowed per 100 possessions. 28th in the league. They didn't get the job done defensively. This is not just about Jonathan Isaac. For whatever reason, the Magic just let go of the rope defensively. Steve Clifford put some of the blame on him in the media teleconference on Sunday. Clifford admitted that, you know, he was going back through his practice plans. He took the defense for granted. He spent a lot of his time focused on the offense, trying to get the offense right. And again, the Magic were outscoring opponents after the All-Star break, so he did something right. But when you put your attention in one area, you're, you know, you're, you're budgeting time, you're kind of maybe losing focus or losing the opportunity to fine-tune things and practice things and kind of get the mentality back on the defensive end. And so, yes, the Magic lost that. The Magic didn't have that in the way that they need to to succeed, to be the kind of team that they know they can be. And so, the Magic entering this season, yes, they need to continue improving their offense, but one of the big things the Magic have to do this season 
is get back their defensive mentality. Because, you know, Steve Van Gundy used to say this all the time, this is a make-or-miss league. You know, the coach's job is essentially, a uh, coach's job and the player's job is to get good shots. And if you make them, great. If you miss them, great. Keep at getting good shots. It's all about process over results, which is a famous Greg Popovich kind of mantra. Defense, though, is always something you can control. Defense is usually something that is about effort, about being in tune with the game plan, about paying attention to detail. If your defensive focus laxes, it's going to lax everywhere else. And so often defense is kind of the catalyst to for a team to get going in the direction it ultimately wants to go. And so when the Magic didn't put their attention to detail on defense uh, in the bubble and, 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 and toward the end of the season, it showed. Undoubtedly, it showed. The Magic were not the same quality of team. And again, the stats back this up. And so what the Magic are trying to do this year is, is they're trying to get that defensive mentality back because... Everything is going to build off of the defense. You look at you look at the Magic and, and how they've approached this training camp. Uh, Steve Clifford said a lot of what he's trying to do with training camp is get guys back into rhythm. You know they're playing a lot of kind of scrimmaging and, and doing a lot of action. They're, they're they're installing enough stuff to be organized, as Clifford likes to say, so that they're not just kind of running around like haplessly. I mean these guys know how how they're supposed to play anyway. But um, the goal right now is to get players in rhythm and just back into the swing of things. What the Magic are also doing is they're doing a lot of defensive drills. They're doing a lot of defensive drill work and a lot of, you know, again, just trying to get those little details that matter. You go down the line with players and, and they, you know, yes, the offense is important, but they all talk about their defense. Mark L. Fultz said one of the things he worked on in the offseason is his defensive technique. Mark L. Fultz, while a potentially gifted defender, looked like a rookie on defense sometimes last year. Not particularly good on the ball. Um, would you know can be very good off the ball, but would lose attention at times. So his defensive technique was something he needed to work on. Evan Fournier, despite having a career year last year, said, "You know, I got to get back to playing the, de- the level of defense that I played in 2019. I did not play defense as well as I could have in 2020." Aaron Gordon echoed much of the same response that you know he wants to get back to playing defense at a high level, and so. This, you know, honestly, the Magic will score. They'll go through stretches where they score really well. They'll go through stretches where they can't score at all. That's that's just going to be the nature of this team. But the one thing that they have to have on point every single night is their defense. Their defense has to get the job done. That is how the Magic move forward. That is how the Magic win games. And that's going to have to be the process this year as the Magic prepare for the rest of the season. The Magic are going to need a lot of players to step up in order to do that. We'll talk about one of them here coming up in just a moment. But first, we all got to get through our walls. We all got to get through our day daily lives, and we all need the energy to get there. We don't always want, you know, kind of these heavy calorie things or, or meal replacement bars. You know, we, we, we want a booster shot. Maybe that's a little too current. I, I apologize for that joke. Well, get that get that little boost that you can with Built Bar. 
Built Bar is the energy bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It really does, I promise you. And all in a delicious uh, delicious size and, frankly, a delicious calorie intake. All, most of them are under 200 calories. Most of them under 150 calories. Built Bar comes in 18 amazing flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, coconut, almond, raspberry, German chocolate, and a whole lot more. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are healthy and great for the health-conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie. Again, most under 150 calories, all under 200 calories. Low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for keto diets. Built Bars reset the promo code with this relaunch. So if you've used the promo code previously, try it again. It should it should work. It might work. Um, definitely try it again. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order again. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We're, of course, getting closer and closer to that first preseason game. So on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, we'll, uh, the Magic will be back in practice. So we'll uh, have a little bit of talk about uh, what's what the latest in practice is, as well as how they're preparing for that first preseason game. Maybe some of the nerves that are going on in in this in this season with the with the odd scheduling, of course, that, that's taking place. We'll talk a little bit about that, as well as the latest from Orlando Magic practice uh, as training camp concludes and the preseason begins. We'll, we'll, of course, have a preview of Friday's game on Friday's episode of Locked On Magic. But what I want to do now is preview Nikola Vucevic's season. Um, Nikola Vucevic is an inter- interesting spot. Um, you know, he's 30 years old. This is his year 30 season. Um, and, you know, that it feels like Certainly, Vucevic has hit a ceiling. And, I, and I'm not going to sit here and say that Vucevic is free of flaws or that he's a perennial all-star. We're not talking about that. And I do think sometimes when we talk about Nikola Vucevic, there's sort of an all-or-nothing proposition. He's either a guy you can completely build around with or completely useless. And there's there's really nothing in between. And, and that's just not the case. Um, Nikola Vucevic is the best player on the team. Not the most talented player, but the best player on the team. He's a guy that the Magic have relied on for a double-double for several years, but the last two years, he's played at an all-star level. The 2020 season, he took a step back. Not a whole step back, but he did take a step back. Went from averaging 20 points per game to 19 points per game. His effective field goal percentage plummeted a little bit as he took more and more three-pointers. Um, it it was not necessarily a bad season for Nikola Vucevic, but it wasn't the 2019 season. And if you want to Look for a reason why the Magic were not as good as they were in twenty as as they were in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. Um, Nikola Vucevic's drop off in play is at least part of it. Um, Nikola, you know what what made Nikola Vucevic an All Star in twenty nineteen was he just simply did not take a night off. Um, there were objectively only I think two bad games that Vucevic played the entire twenty nineteen season. It was uh, the game at uh, the the home opener against Miami. Uh, and then the game at Dallas. Um, the fact that I can still remember those games 
uh, as just objectively bad Nikola Vucevic games that season is really a testament to the consistency that he brought to the floor that year. And, and again, that's still the case here, that Vucevic is a vital player to the team. And he's someone that the Magic can rely on for somewhere around 20 points per game, 12, 13 rebounds per game, and three or four assists per game, which is pretty good coming from the center spot. The Magic run a lot of their offense through him. They run a lot of their sets through him. They, they want to use his passing and his screening ability to get others open. So, yes, the ball will be in Markel Fultz's hands more. I think we'll see more pick and rolls with him. I think we'll see with him and Vucevic. I think we'll see Vucevic moved off the ball a little bit more. But uh, I, I think that still a lot of the offense is going to run through Vucevic uh, for both good and bad, both as a jump shooter and as a passer. I don't think that is going to change. But the question facing Nikola Vucevic this year is not about any of that. The question facing Nikola Vucevic this year is whether he has another level to his game. He's shown, you know, in back-to-back years that he can play at an all-star level. And, and, and let me clarify this. Nikola Vucevic was not an all-star last year. I'm not at all saying that he was an all-star. But he did end up, by the end of the season, playing at an all-star level. Nikola Vucevic's averages, you know, were pretty, were, were not pedestrian by any stretch. But he was not as good as he was in 2019. In 2020, or in 2019, he, or 2020, he averaged 19.6 points per game, 10.9 rebounds per game, and 3.6 assists per game. Scoring and rebounds were both down. Shot just 47.7% from the floor with his three-point field goal percentage. His effective field goal percentage was up to 52.5%, but nowhere near as good as in 2019. After January 1st, so we're going to give, you know, Vucevic missed 14 games um, with a, with an ankle injury. I'm sorry, 13 games in November and December with an ankle injury. After January 1st, Nikola Vucevic averaged 20.4 points per game, 11 rebounds per game, and 3.7 assists per game. Still shot only 48.7% and just 33.7% from beyond the arc uh, on nearly five attempts per game, but obviously the raw number was up. So again, I'm not saying Nikola Vucevic had a better season in 2020 than 2019. He did not reach 2019 levels, but he was maybe a step below, and by the end of the season was a half step below, and obviously in the playoffs he had his redemption, averaging 28 points per game, and really being the only player for the Orlando Magic that could do much of anything against the Milwaukee Bucks. Those 28 points per game, that playoff series, though, was a sign that maybe Vucevic can do more. Maybe, maybe he has that player in him where he can carry a team a little bit more, or where he can be you know, that kind of a player when the team needs him to be. Now granted, a lot of those 28 points per game were a product of how the Bucks defend. The Bucks want to give up mid-range jumpers. Vucevic is very good at settling into soft spots and kind of zone defenses, and Vucevic just caught fire. That the, the, the bubble met his eye, and he had a fantastic run in the seeding round as well as in the playoffs. Again, probably except for against the Raptors and Marcus Gasol, but Marcus Stone and Serge Ibaka are in the West now. Not a problem. The bottom line is Vucevic showed that he can continue to get better. Just because he's 30 doesn't mean he's done getting better. He's certainly in his prime now. He's certainly in his peak years now. But he's still potentially can get better. He can certainly improve as a three-point shooter. That is still an area that 
you know, is becoming a bigger part of his game. And frankly, Vucevic played his best basketball when he wasn't out on the three-point line as much. And I think that's something the Magic are going to have to focus on is controlling his three-point attempts. I think three is probably the right number. I think five is way too many. Five per game is way too many. Three per game is probably right on. Um, you need Vucevic crashing the lane, and, and that's something he does not do enough. Um, again, there are plenty of reasons to criticize Nikola Vucevic. He is far from a perfect player. I'm not calling him a perennial all-star by any means, but he is certainly capable of making the all-star team as you know one of those end-of-the-bench end guys like he did in 2019. But to do that, he's going to have to produce. And for the Magic, he's going to have to produce. Steve Clifford, I, I remember Steve Clifford saying this um, sort of uh, after the season or at the end of the season. You know, when you, this kind of series that Nikola Vucevic had um, tells you that he has that extra gear. And, and what the great players do is when they have that kind of playoff revelation, that becomes their new normal. Or that becomes more normal for them. That's what the great players do. And so the question now is whether Vucevic can reach that level. That's what this is all about. That's what the question facing Nikola Vucevic is this year. Is whether he's going to top off at what he is. And if he does, that's still fine. It's not going to be terrible. But if the Magic want to advance, if the Magic want to have a really good season... Vucevic is going to have to reach that next level, and then when he get back, when he gets back to the playoffs, he's going to have to find the next level. That's what the great players do. They get better and better and better. They discover how much better they can be through the crucible of the playoffs, uh, and that helps them improve, helps them focus their energy. Vucevic, to his credit, credited his success in the playoffs this year to his preparation. Um, against the Raptors, he didn't really know what to expect as the lead guy on a team. Uh, heading into a playoff series. It was his first playoff series as a rotation-level player. Yeah, his rookie year in Philadelphia was coming off the bench. So he took that experience and he really dug into the playoff book. Really dug into how Milwaukee's going to defend him and, and where those soft spots were. And that preparation clearly paid off. That preparation clearly put him in the best position to succeed. And when Milwaukee tried to trap him and double him and, and try and be a little more physical with him, he was able to handle that too. Last season's playoffs was a perfect example of how a player evolves, and Vucevic did a fantastic job of that. But this is a league about what's next. What's next, Nikola Vucevic? What are you going to do next? How are you going to keep that evolution going? That's, that's really the question now facing Nikola Vucevic. That's really the task that is ahead of him, is doing the next thing. What comes next? And certainly, certainly, Vucevic, ha it's uncertain if Vucevic can reach that level. If that is just a, a something that's a product of the matchup, or whether that truly means Vucevic understands and knows he has a different level about him. You know, Jeff Waltman was on the Orlando Magic Pod Squad, and one of the interesting comments he said is, is you know, he believes that this team got better. And one of the reasons he said this team got better is he believes Nikola Vucevic can reach that next level. And so when we talk about this season for Nikola Vucevic, we know he can be an all-star. We know he can get a double-double in his sleep. We know he can be a, a leading scorer for a playoff team. But the question is, even at age 30, does he have that next level? 
And that's what we're going to be watching very, very intently as the Magic's season continues. We'll wrap up the show with some odds and ends coming up here in just a moment after this break. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The wait is almost over. The 2020-21 season is almost here. And Locked On NBA Podcast will get you ready for a special week of shows beginning December 14th. Get previews of every team division by division from all 30 of our Locked On local experts, including me, plus waiver wire editions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, rookies to watch from Chad Ford, and predictions on each division from rejecting the screen. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get podcasts today. Don't have a lot to close the show today. Uh, just a few odds and ends. Um, ESPN uh, has begun releasing their top 100 players. Um, so far, uh, only Aaron Gordon has showed up on the list. He's in the bo- he's in the bottom 50. Um, so I suspect that Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic will be ahead of him uh, coming up soon. Um, but I wouldn't expect them to be much higher than somewhere in the 40s or whatever. But again, uh, these top 100 lists always come out. You always see Nikola Vucevic somewhere in maybe the 30s or 40s. Uh, Evan Fournier certainly in like the 40s or 50s, and Aaron Gordon, depending on how people feel about him, somewhere in there as well. Um, as I constantly tell people, the, the issue with the Orlando Magic is very, very rarely about talent. The Magic have talented players, and, and as I've said as well, I think this year's team is more talented than last year's last year's team. Um, it's just the, the talent is very, very young and, and, and undeveloped. But what the Magic's problem ultimately is, is, is how they use players. Um, you know, relying on Nikola Vucevic to be your all-star. Like, again, unless he has the next level that we're going to see this year, you're probably not going to get out of the first round with Nikola Vucevic as your best player. Evan Fournier as your primary perimeter option, probably not going to lead you to a championship. The issue is, you know, they don't have top-end talent to kind of shift guys into proper roles, into roles where they can succeed and, and help a, you know, winning team. Um, again, and I think that was part of the problem the Magic faced in the trade market this year. The Magic weren't willing to give up, you know, future capital. They're not willing to give up that 2021 draft pick because they don't know how the season's going to go. Um, to go get a starring player to kind of tie the bow on this picture. Um, but they also wanted to get players back. They didn't want draft capital in return. And I think this year's trade market in the offseason just didn't allow that to happen. The trade market wanted the Magic to be sellers, and the Magic were not ready to kind of just go into straight sell mode. They wanted to make a deal. They wanted to buy something, and I don't think the market uh, was allowing them to do that or, or wanted them to do that. Um, but, you know, that that's there. 
Um, the fan sided 250 also came out a ranking of fan bases. The Magic, uh, I was actually surprised, were on this list. They come in 23rd in the NBA, number 200 total um, uh, on fan sided 250. Um, I would have to go look what they were last year, but it, it, I don't know if they made the list last year. Um, so to see them here is certainly a sign that A, the Magic are competitive again. Um, you know, I think the Magic do have a very large social media ga- media following, which was part of the formulation here. Um, but again, no major players, no players that kind of get everyone's attention. Um, no national TV appearances this year. This is still a very nondescript franchise. And, and that's okay. I, I, I mean, I... I I get it. Orlando has a little bit of an inferiority complex. We want people to notice us. I, I certainly believe that too. Um, but the Magic got to earn that notice. Uh, they got to find. They got to find a star. We've all said that a million times. It's the one thing that kind of ties this whole project together. Um, but it's so surprising to see the Magic where they are. I'd have to look at where where they ranked last year um, if I can. I'm gonna, I can try and do that now, but. Overall, you know, the Magic were uh, certainly a team that people are learning a little bit more about um, and, and certainly a team that perhaps can uh, perhaps can can make a step up with the right moves. And for the record, Magic finishing ahead of Doctor Who and behind Super Mario Maker 2. So, you know, again, doing good things. And actually, Magic finished ahead of the Golden State Warriors. So, there you go. Um We'll, we'll 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 probably explore that a little bit more. But you know the Magic are are a team that gets some notice. I I will say this: I have seen the tra- I've seen the traffic go up on my site a little bit. I've seen the, the traffic on this podcast go up a little bit. So certainly we appreciate all the fans, and I do think I do think Magic fan Magic fandom. Uh, we do have a small group of fans. We are a small market, but I think we're a very passionate group, um, and, and certainly a group that uh, wants to see this team do well and want, wants to represent this city well too. So. Uh, uh, kudos to all the fans. Um, but that's going to do it for me today. I don't have a lot more to add to, to other than that, those odds and ends. The Magic had the day off on when, on Tuesday, so not a lot going on with the Magic. Magic them. We'll, we'll hear from Magic again on Wednesday, but uh, and we'll recap a little bit of that. We're expecting to hear from the two-way players, Jordan Bone and uh, Kareem Manet. So we'll, we'll, we'll get a little bit of perspective from them, especially with the mystery of what the G League season is going to look like. It sounds like the G League is going to go to a bubble for their season, but it's not entirely clear who's going to play or whether the Lakeland Magic will be one of those teams. I think the two-way rules are going to change a little bit this year. I'll, I'll, I'll do a little bit of research and see if I can get an answer on that. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places you don't know podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. So you can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.